Hey all, and welcome to ChapterWise, where I take public domain or other authorized use works of fiction and narrate them for you one chapter at a time. If you like what you hear, please follow my channel. If you love what you hear, please consider supporting my channel. I try to upload new chapters three or four times a week. John T. Maynard's Voland, Vice, and Thieves There is a problem being a vendor in a land filled with adventurers. I mean, what are you going to do? Call the guard on someone who just rescued the Lord's daughter from a demonic sacrifice? Send the local constable to arrest the people who just murdered the head of the Assassin's Guild in his mountain fortress, and they fenced his teeth for drinking money. Poor impulse control and surety that they get killed once a week anyway, and that hasn't slowed them down. Makes them pretty hard to reason with. Charlotte sighed and poured out a drink on her little altar of Voland the Smith. What could you do? but pray these ones would be somewhat decent. The next party, though, was a case in point. The rogue and warlock were going for the edgelord look. The anti-paladin was somewhere beyond Bugnut's crazy and elemental plane of murder. But it was the so-called priestess that worried her. What she prayed to and what she offered were not clear and if Charlotte was very lucky, she would never be clear on those details. The rogue was talking. So you see, we were almost a public service, the amount we do for your little city. Why, if it wasn't for us, you all would have been sold into slavery or eaten by hell beasts at least three times over, the rogue said, leaning over the counter where the potions they had come for were arrayed. Not everyone the anti-paladin said softly. What? said the rogue, almost losing his train of thought. The slavers wouldn't take everyone. The old, the very young, the very strong, and the sickly they would have killed. Same as the hell beasts. They won't eat politicians or bureaucrats. Something about reciprocity agreements. The anti-paladin echoed softly from inside his black-on-black-on-black chased-in-black armor. The rogue sighed. Clarence, we talked about this. Let the sane one do the negotiating and the rest of you do the torture and murder, okay? The black-armored knight shrugged. The priestess giggled and moved to the display of exotic skulls and began a conversation with them. Disturbingly enough... They answered her. Charlotte smiled carefully and mentally decided breaking even and living was better than trying to make a profit and dying, and gave her best price. The best I can do for the lot of potions is 2,500 gold pieces. That just covers my cost and will leave me hard-pressed to get replacements for them in the current market. That is my civic duty hero bonus. One time only offer, sir. Charlotte added the last grudgingly. Being all but robbed in her own store by adventurers was beyond irritating, but dying was somewhat worse. The rogue leaned back and smiled. 
Well, if that is the best you can do, then I guess I will turn you over to Clarence and Sister Suffering for, well, things other than negotiation. Unless you want to be civic-minded and make them a gift. The priestess, or necromancer, sometimes the difference was slight, looked away from where the skull on the shelf had been weeping and begging in a tongue that was somewhat older than mankind, and smiled disturbingly. The anti-paladin's helmet turned like a turret to look on the alchemist, who sighed and pushed the potions forward. Please, noble adventurers, take these as a gift and be welcome. Charlotte watched her hopes for both eating and making rent get swept in a bag of holding and leave with the noble adventurers. She sighed and poured out a drink on the altar of Volan the smith. They are slime. I hope they get what they deserve. Beyond the realms of men, deep in fractures between reality where the gods who don't want to be disturbed had cleaved off a portion of the godly realm for themselves, a smith worked his forge in peace. His legs were twisted where a king had cut them long centuries ago. He worked the metal, hammering purpose into the blade, remembering how he had forged his revenge on the king who would have his magical weapons and tools from the smith without paying. He had made him a throne of his son's bones and a crown of their teeth. Voland smiled. His hammer was the softest part of his body, and the fire that melted the steel was far cooler than what burned in his eyes. One poured out an offering on his altar, one who crafted and was robbed. She offered a prayer, called them slimes, and wished the same upon them. Voland smiled, and the steel on the anvil whimpered at his smile, as it never had for the fire or hammer that beat it. The adventurers were hard at work. The dungeon was something of a bust. The trap wasn't magic. The walls of force holding back the several tons of falling rock were magic, and when that magic got dispelled, the rocks did a number on them. The priestess had cast heel on herself, but considering her magic was geared more towards doing terrible things to people and things, that was all she had for on-call healing. She snarled at the rest of them to use potions. Clarence fumbled at his side for the large extra healing potion at his hip. He opened the flask and a gray ooze shot forth, far greater in volume than should fit in the flask. The warlock had opened her own flask and something green and foul shot forth and covered her in a thin film of green goo. The warlock screamed and blasted the goo with fire, but beyond blowing the mace out of the priestess's hand, it did nothing to bother the slime at all. The rogue had his hand in his bag of holding but froze as if surprised by the goings-on. He failed to move as the screaming of his party began to intensify. Clarence was beating the slime to death with smite and a certain amount of bloody rage as it had already dissolved his cherished black upon black upon darker black, chased in midnight, armor of pee yourself in terror before dying. His sword was fine, but his helm of true-seeing was truly shagged like a shoggoth at a hentai festival. 
The stolen extra healing potion in his flask had been replaced by gray ooze. The priestess and warlock had failed a meeting of the minds as the warlock lost all control as the green slime covered her mouth and tried to turn her into nothing more than another serving of green, slimy goodness. Loosing eldritch blasts like an owlbear molting magic missiles, she tagged the priestess twice before the priestess was able to cure disease and kill the slime. While the warlock was saved, her plus-three rod of the Pact Keeper was now greenish sludge of half-processed slime food. Descending on the rogue to find out why he was just standing there, they discovered he was weeping, frozen in place, his bag of holding now filled with nothing but a gelatinous cube that had eaten his hand after paralyzing him and was working its way up his arm. Clarence had lost all patience, as well as his armor. His attack destroyed the bag of holding and what was left of the rogue's right arm. The arm could be regrown. The bag was a write-off. Sitting in a bleeding pile while the priestess worked her way through her nightly prayers, this time stocking up on healing spells, the rest of the party looked over at the one-armed rogue shaking next to the feeble fire. The warlock snarled over, kicking the rogue's boot. Hey, Mr. Smart Negotiator Boy. Do you have any idea how expensive those free potions of yours turned out to be? Weeping softly, the rogue simply nodded. Somewhere in the city above, Charlotte turned to her statue of Volan the Smith and smiled. It was long after dark, almost a week later, when the shop was broken into. The rogue who broke in was beyond talented, almost legendary. He stalked to the counter and with one arm drew forth a pouch. 2,500 gold pieces in platinum wafers. Laying the stump of his right arm before the altar of Voland, he reached out and took another bag of gemstones and poured them beyond the stump. He fashioned the outline of his missing arm and offered a prayer. The price she asked I pay. The cost of my theft I offer. Please, Voland, let them heal my arm. The figure vanished tracelessly. Charlotte didn't quite know what to make of the diamonds in the shape of a hand before her altar, but the 2,500 gold pieces sounded like food and rent for the month. Business was business, after all. A long time ago, and many worlds away, a king had sought to get something for nothing. Before losing everything, he made a man into a god and a bad idea into a legend. Pay the price or pay the cost. The vendor sets the first, but the second, why the second can be set by powers who have no concept of forgiveness or mercy. That's it for today's chapter, everyone. Thanks for coming along on the ride. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please consider supporting my channel. And as always, whatever platform you're listening on, just know that I deeply appreciate the time you spend with me here. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.